Oh, let's lift our hands and worship the Lord right now. All over this building, let's lift our hands and worship the Lord right now. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We magnify your name, Jesus. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. I feel like something's about to break loose in the Holy Ghost tonight. Here's an idea. Instead of offering up our, it's, it's about time to hear the preaching praise. Instead of our offering up its Thursday night camp meeting praise. Instead of our opening up this portion of the service with, we got to go home and get up for work tomorrow praise. Why don't we offer up a little bit of, I might not be alive tomorrow praise. And praise him like that. If this is my last day, if this is my last chance, I might as go out, well go out praising, shouting, dancing, singing. Yes! Oh, somebody praise him like that. Somebody lift him up like that. Somebody give God glory like that. Yeah, yeah, yes. How? Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ah, oh, we worship your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I like what I feel in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. I don't know about you, but when they sang right on King Jesus, something inside of me stood up. Something inside of me said, hallelujah. How many are waiting on that great getting up morning? I'm not living for down here. I'm living for up there. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It's so good to be with you here at Camp Meeting 2014, and God is so good. Such wonderful music, such wonderful singing and preaching. It's good to be here with uh, Pastor Robinson and his family. How many love the Robinson family? Amen. Amen. It's great to be with them, and we had a wonderful time a few months ago, and I'm looking forward to what God has in store. I, I believe somebody's going to get healed tonight. God's still in the healing business. I believe somebody can get the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. Amen. And, and all of these wonderful ministering brethren, we're so glad to be with you. I won't call names because I'll forget some and I'll mispronounce some. But it's so good to be able to worship the Lord with brethren of like precious faith. Amen. And to you, J.S., Mississippi, and all the surrounding churches in the area, it's so wonderful to be able to worship God with you. Um, we are a blessed people. It's a good day to be apostolic. Amen. It's a good day to be apostolic. 
praise God. And I, I know that God has great things in store for his people. And I know that when you leave this place, you're not going to leave the same way that you came in. It's not God's will that you leave the same way that you came in. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and open up in the word of the Lord. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And I want to begin reading at verse 12. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12. And if you want to know who Jesus is, Colossians 1 and 2 will tell you who Jesus is. The identity of Jesus Christ is contained here. And there's nothing like one God people. There's nothing like the people of the name. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him, everybody say by him. By him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence for it pleased the father that in him that's Jesus should all fullness dwell Amen. We have a unique identity as the apostolic church. There is no other people on the planet earth like God's beautiful church. And we serve the most unique of gods, the one true living God. And tonight, by the help of the Lord, I want to preach a simple message. I want to brag on Jesus tonight. Is that all right? Can I just brag on Jesus a little while? Can I tell you about the goodness of Jesus? Can I remind you of who you are? Amen. Tonight, by the help of God, I want to preach a message I'll entitle by him and for him. By him and for him. Look at the person next to you. Tell them there ain't nobody like Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated.
I love God's church. I am not concerned with fitting into this world. I'll tell you when people will stop wanting to be like the world. In a world that tries to exert peer pressure, God's people always seem to fall into the trap of wanting to be like the nations around them. But a unique God calls for a unique people. God dwells alone and his people will dwell alone. And people will stop wanting to be like the world when the rapture takes place. When that trumpet sounds, it'll be the great equalizer. I won't want to be like them. I won't want to dress like them. I won't want to talk like them. I don't want to be included with them. I'm not embarrassed to be part of the church. I want to be part of God's church. I want his blood. I want his name. I want his power. I want his authority. I want his identity. And it's on that day that you will thank God that you're part of the church. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, it's all about Jesus. Everything that we do is to be done in honor to him. When my feet hit the floor in the morning, I want the name Jesus to be on my lips. I, Jesus made the statement one day. He said, without me, you can do nothing. I don't believe he meant it in a generic sense. I don't think he meant it like, well, I just couldn't make it through the day without him. Without his comfort, without his peace. And that's true. I, I don't want to make it through the day without Jesus. But I don't think he meant it in that light of a manner. Uh, because I, I know a few things about God. God is not like any other God that has been invented by man. God is the great I am. He feels all things. He is before all things. He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And as such, he is omniscient. Omni means all. Scient is the same word that we get the word science from. It means knowledge. He knows everything. He knows who the hypocrites are. You don't need to bother yourself with the hypocrites. God knows who the hypocrites are. He knows who the half-hearted are. He knows who the lazy are. He knows who the partially committed are. And he knows who his sheep are. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He has all power. There's nothing too hard for God. God is able. Not only is he omnipotent, but he's omnipresent. 
That means he's everywhere. He's in all places. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't journey from one point to another to find God. Because God's already there. This is why we're not confused as to when he talks about Jesus being at his right hand. Because spirits don't have hands. And God doesn't have a right side. If you went right. And you jumped in your car to find his right side. You'd head off across the country. You'd have to get into a boat. And sail across the sea. And you'd. Jump between cars and boats until you finally got all the way around the world and you wouldn't even have come close to finding God's right side. Because God is everywhere. You can't take a rocket ship to find God. God's already there. Hallelujah. When he talks about his right hand, he's talking about authority. He's talking about power. And his right hand is Jesus Christ. The word in flesh. Hallelujah. And so, when the scripture says that in him we live and we move and we have our being, it meant it. God didn't reach outside of himself to create the earth. God reached within himself to create the earth. And when Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing, what he meant was, you can't take your next breath without him. Your heart doesn't beat without him. Blood doesn't circulate without him. I'm telling you, without him, you can do nothing. I need Jesus tonight. You need Jesus tonight. I need him in my marriage. I need him in my children. I need him in my, I need him in my mind. I need him in my spirit. I need him in my church. I need him in my youth group. I need him in the sanctuary. I need him. Oh, I need him. God is not interested in conforming to our image of him. He is the reason we are here. That's one of the sins of idolatry is that men could ever think, dare to think, that they could make God. It's an arrogant thing to think that your imagination could come up with an image of who God is. It's a proud thing to think that you could ever Paint a picture that could capture him or sculpt an image that could be like him. When the idolatrous craftsman goes out into the field to cut down a tree and carve an idol to be like God, whether it be a fish or whether it be some half creature with a man planted on it, He is saying God is like this. And when the Lord spoke to Isaiah, he said that while the craftsman makes the idol, I made the craftsman that made the idol. Man doesn't make God. God makes man. We serve a mighty God tonight. 
I'm here to preach faith into somebody that we serve a mighty God tonight. There is no thing he cannot do. There is no disease he cannot heal. There is no problem he cannot solve. There is no obstacle he cannot remove. There is no dilemma that he can deliver you from. He is God all by himself. Amen. And it's a powerful thing to know who he is. It's a powerful thing to be the people of his name. It's a special revelation that you get when you become Jesus' name people. Because Jesus occupies a special place in all of creation because he is God manifest in the flesh. I do not apologize for belonging to Jesus tonight. I do not apologize for being baptized in the name of Jesus. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must, not should, not might be, not ought to be, but by which we must be saved. Hallelujah. So when I'm baptized in Jesus' name and it sets me apart from the rest of the world, I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm Holy Ghost proud of it. I'm not afraid of believing in one God. I'm not afraid of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. I'm not afraid of running the aisles and clapping my hands and worshiping God because that's what it means to be God's people holy and separate from this world I am a mirror image of my heavenly father and I am in love with Jesus he is the mighty God in Christ and there's none beside him none before him and there's none after him thank you Jesus And it seems like, it seems like the smarter folks get, the harder it is to hang on to that. I think that there is a, a detracting from God's glory the more we get. I, I, there's, a, there's a temptation to rely on self. There's a temptation to forget that he's the healer when you have an insurance card and you can run to the doctor for every sniffle. I believe in doctors, but I, I don't think they should take the place of the great physician. Because God is my healer. God's my provider. And... And it seems like the more we get, the more we worry. It's possible to, to become a material generation. It is possible to become enamored with what we have and what we want to get. God didn't bless me with stuff so that I could grow lukewarm in my praise. <clears throat> God didn't give me more so that I could forget him. God didn't, didn't bless me with things so that I could cross my arms and, 
and casually sit in a church pew and, and learn how this thing works and feel smug and feel like I have it all together. I am nothing without him. Hallelujah. My praise shouldn't decrease with my increase. But my praise should go up the more that God has blessed me with. You need to remember that that car you're driving, God gave it to you. The clothes you're wearing, God gave them to you. The family that you have, God gave it to you. The health that you enjoy, God gave it to you. The food that you eat, God gave it to me. God gave it to me. God gave it to me. And I need to remember. And I, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Come on, somebody. I need you to help me praise him for who he is. I need you to praise him for what he's done. I need you to give him a little bit of glory. Glory belongs to God. Amen. God didn't make me smarter so that I could say there's no God. I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid of growing so sophisticated that I sophisticate myself right out of worship. I'm so afraid of being blessed out of my consecration. I can't allow my new smartphone to take the place of devotion. Because without him, I am nothing. Hallelujah. I think, I even think we have to get to the point where we say, Lord, I need you to do with me what you want to do with me. God wants to make you a millionaire tonight. But not if being a millionaire means that you forget him. If God gives you a million bucks, then use it to build the kingdom of God. Use it to build the church. Use it to raise up godly children. Use it to glorify God. God didn't give you money to forget Him. God gave you money that you might use it for His glory. He is the provider. He is the sustainer. He... I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Everything, this all happens by Him. I even think that you have to get to the point where you pray, Lord, if making money is going to kill me, then keep me poor, Jesus. <laughs> if increase is going to destroy me, then make sure I get to heaven, Jesus. Let me take it a step further. If you need to take some stuff away to make sure that I stay humble enough. Hey, listen, you're never so smart you don't need a pastor. You're never so rich you don't need to pray. You never get to the point where you don't need to go to church. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, if your foot offends you, you have to be ready to cut it off. If it means going to heaven. 
because I would rather limp into heaven than sprint into hell. If you've got to take something away from me, Jesus, if you've got to keep me where you want me, if whatever keeps me in the prayer room whatever keeps me in the word of God whatever keeps me listening to your voice whatever keeps my hands in the air whatever it is Jesus I need you to let it happen in my life because everything is by him And it seems like there's this circular nature to things where generations call on God, God raises them up, He blesses them and they forget Him. Over and over and over again. We have to remember, we got here by God. It is in the nature of man to degenerate. It is in the nature of mankind to go downhill. Entropy is the natural default state of the universe. The truth is stuff falls apart. And, 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 and I, have to, I have to keep myself as close to the things of God as I possibly can. I'm going to tell you tonight that there is power in faithfulness. You'll never be more powerful than when you embrace simple things from the things of God. I'm never more powerful than when I'm praying. Amen. I'm never more in tune than when I'm worshiping. It's, it's, it's connecting to God. I, I, I don't want to get to the point where I speak in a manner that can impress people, but that God doesn't move. We don't need another lecture. We don't need another classroom. We need the Holy Ghost to move. We need God. Hallelujah. We need a move of God's Spirit in our midst. We need a baptism by fire. We need an apostolic outpouring where God turns us upside down and inside out and absolutely changes everything around us. Amen. When Daniel saw the vision, he saw it as an image where gold degenerated to silver, silver to brass, brass to iron, iron to iron and clay mixed. And that's the natural state of man. It will go from good to bad over time. Degeneration is natural. This is why marriages degenerate. And adultery runs rampant. And unfaithfulness runs rampant. And you can get yourself in a pickle so fast if you stay out of the prayer room. Hallelujah. You can lose the blessing of God very quickly if you forget that everything is by Him. Hallelujah. I'm not a good man without Jesus. I'm not a good father without Jesus. I'm not a good husband without Jesus. I'm not a good human being without Jesus. I need the Holy Ghost tonight.
I need the Holy Ghost to change me, to transform me. Hallelujah. I need him to take out my corrupt heart and put in a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. I need him to purge me with hyssop and I need him to make me whiter than snow. I need him to renew me in his presence again and again and again. There is no substitute for connecting with him. And it's only in God that man can reverse the degeneration. It's only in God that man can come to the point where he gets better. Where man can reverse and go from iron and clay to iron to brass to silver to gold. As you get involved in regeneration. As God begins to build and God begins to fill and God begins to boil out everything that's not like him. As God begins to bring me into the fullness of the measure of the stature of the man Christ Jesus. Service after service, Bible study after Bible study. Prayer meeting after prayer meeting. He's still working on me. I need a preacher to preach me out of my dysfunction. I need a preacher to preach me out of my chaos. I need a man of God to grab a hold of me and pull me out of the miry clay. I need him to shake the sin off of me and put the word of God down in my heart. I need a church that will grab a hold of me and never let go. I need I need a book of Acts church that walks up to the gates of hell and pulls me out hating the garment spotted by the flesh I need a church with a revelation of who God is this isn't the Kiwanis club this isn't the Elks club this isn't a social movement. We're not just here to feed the homeless. We're not just here to do good day deeds, but we're here to open blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears. The lame legs are going to walk. The... Somebody's going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. God's going to break the chains off of somebody. God is going to pull somebody out of the fire. God is going to set somebody and establish them. God is going to write somebody's name in the Lamb's book of life. God, it's the church. It's the church made in the image of God, filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. I love God's people. Amen. There's none like him. There's none like him. It's the kind of a thing that scripture says that when the world by wisdom knew not God, that it pleased God, it made God happy by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And God uses unconventional means to save people there is a a hiddenness to God 
a purposeful hiddenness. He hides himself from man and he demands that only the seeker will find. Only the one who knocks will it be open to. And only them that ask would receive. It's God's way of weeding out the insincere. It's God's way of telling the hypocrite, you can't get in. God hides himself on purpose. He hides himself in parables. The Bible said having eyes to see, they wouldn't see. And having ears to hear, they wouldn't hear. And God would use means to reach people that would be hidden to casual observation. Hallelujah. It would be hidden from the cynic and from the skeptical and from the lazy and from the mildly curious. But, but only the diligent man is going to find access to God. When God approaches, he's going to come in a way that not only is hidden from man, but even offends man. Preaching is purposely designed to confront. It's purposely designed to shock. This is not a lecture. And this is not just expounding information and data and giving facts that you can think about it and go home. But this preaching administration is designed to be a prophetic unction to where somebody could get behind a sacred desk and preach under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And the man wouldn't have any idea what you were going through at home. But God knows what you're going through at home. And the secrets of your heart will be revealed as the word of not a man, but the word of God comes into being in your life. Hallelujah. And voices will be raised and preachers will turn red in the face. Because they're not playing games, but they're competing for your soul. We need an apostolic church that works in that administration. If you don't get into that kind of a church, sensuality is going to kill your young people. Hip-hop will seduce your young people. Uncleanness and wickedness will pull them into the world. I don't need a professor. I need a preacher that will get a hold of me. That will pull me. That will convict me. That will rebuke me. An instrument of God. A man of God. A representative, an ambassador of Jesus Christ that can, that can reveal the purpose of God to me. I need a preacher that will get red in the face. I need a church that will run the aisles. I need a church that will pray and speak in other tongues. 
hallelujah, a hiddenness to the things of God. It's the kind of a thing that God will, God will reveal himself in a powerful and dynamic way to people who will seek after him. God's interested in revealing himself. This thing is by him. It is for him. That in all things, Jesus Christ might have the preeminence. Even without the Bible, God bears witness of himself. I, I, I'm witnessing to a world that doesn't believe in the Bible anymore. Professors have taught young adults that the Bible's a work of art. It's a literary work like Walt Whitman or Edgar Allan Poe. And they grab it and they pull it down to the work of a natural man. They remove the supernatural from it and they critique it and they make it one among many. And we're living in a postmodern generation where they're taught that it's just another book among many. And so when you go up to somebody and say the Bible says they don't know what you mean. And they don't respect what you mean. Because they don't call it the word of God. You know, it's not time to give up hope. It's not time to, to bemoan the fact that we live in a godless society. It is time to rise up and be the apostolic church. I want to I take a little time. I want to tell you that our world wants God. They want God, and more than that, they want Jesus Christ himself. They may not know it, but, but he speaks to them daily. He calls to them. I don't have to have the Bible to preach Jesus. I don't have to have everything in there. The apostles did not have the book of Acts to preach Jesus. They were living the book of Acts. They didn't have the apostle, the epistle rather, of Romans and first and second Corinthians. They were writing the epistles to them. They were preaching to a people that were completely godless. They were preaching to a people with no Old Testament reference. And they still preached Jesus. They still preached the power and the preeminence of Jesus Christ. Amen. God's not limited to the book. God has all power. God reigns supreme over every other entity that man could ever conceive. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. And the earth showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night. There is no language. There is no speech where he is not heard. His line has gone out throughout the whole earth. God knows how to bear witness of himself. So the Bible calls it hidden wisdom. It's hidden wisdom. It's, it's, it's a wisdom that doesn't come from observation. It's a wisdom that doesn't come through the scientific method. It's, it's a wisdom that, that, that appeals to man even though man doesn't even know it. 
I'm here to tell you this world needs Jesus and they're looking for Jesus with or without the Bible. Now, I want them in the Bible and I'm going to preach the Bible. But if they won't come on those terms, I'm still going to preach Jesus. They wouldn't be here without Jesus. We are, we are living in a world that is looking for love. God leaves witness of himself. And he bears witness of himself. And this thing is by him and it is for him. And we are living in a world that wants love. They want love more than anything else. They will be betrayed in a relationship. And they'll be hurt and they will, they will vow that they will never go back to it again. And they'll be back two weeks later. Bar hopping. Dancing and singing. Looking for love in all the wrong places. They are looking for peace. And they're looking for it in a bottle. And they're looking for it in a joint. And they're looking for it in a drug. They're, they're, they're addicted to prescription pills. They're, they're addicted to another relationship and another one-night stand. They are, they are drowning in sensuality and Hollywood entertainment and escapism that says, let me out of this crummy life I'm living because I'd rather live in a fantasy world than live in the hell that I've created for myself. They might not call it Jesus, but it's Jesus. Jesus said that he was love. God is love. The fulfillment that you're looking for isn't in another boyfriend. It's in Jesus. When you, when you go to that person and you say, this person is everything I've ever wanted. You're not looking for a person. You're looking for Jesus. Hallelujah. When you say they're everything to me and they'll never let me down, you're not looking for the person. There's something inside of you that says, I want Jesus. When you, when you go to the bottle and you say, take away the pain, the bottle can't take away the pain, but the comforter can. And the comforter is Jesus. If, when, when you take another puff and the nicotine calms you, it's going to wear off. But Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than any brother he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by you're not looking for a person you're looking for Jesus you're... stop looking in the bar stop going to the club stop smoking and drinking it snorting it and puffing it start seeking Jesus I don't care how crazy they are. They want Jesus. I don't care how jaded they are. They want the Holy Ghost. Though they might not know what to call it. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus. He, he, he leaves witness of himself. And it's, it's a kind of a wisdom that transcends knowledge. It's more powerful than knowledge. It ministers on a base level. The Bible talks about wisdom and it says that God knows the thoughts of the wise. That they are vain. It tells us that he takes the wise in their own craftiness. I know some people that think they are pretty slick. 
in the city I pastored in, they would say, don't hate the player, hate the game. And they would try to out-sneak each other. Hypocrites always think they got it figured out. They've always got the game beat. They're always, I, I, oftentimes I'll be speaking to someone and when you speak to a hypocrite, the inner thought of the hypocrite is that I'm talking to a man of God and he doesn't know what I really am. They will dare you to figure out what they are. They will live a life of duplicity and double-mindedness and the whole time, it's, it's a kind of a practical atheism. Because what they're really saying is there's no God. Preaching's not really for me. This Holy Ghost thing doesn't work. They live a life of sin. And the Bible says they feast themselves among you without fear. The Bible calls them spots in your feast of charity. And they walk among the righteous and, and, and they think they have it all figured out. I'm going to tell you what. I don't ever want the misery of the hypocrite. Because I might not be able to tell what you're really doing. But there's a God in heaven that knows it all. And I'm going to tell you that you will never be more powerful than when you are sincere. And when you are righteous. There's nothing more powerful than to be in tune with the mighty God of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. I don't have to worry about what I said. I don't have to worry about who I said it to. Because I'm in love with Jesus Christ. God leaves himself witness by, by, by showing himself strong in the Christian's life. And the Christian's life is better than the life of the hypocrite. It is so much better. There's nothing like living for God. I, when, 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 when blue lights start shining in my rearview mirror, I don't sweat. When dogs come bounding out of the police vehicle, I don't worry about what's in my trunk. It's a good life living for God. I don't have to check my pockets when I come home and make sure there's nothing left inside of it. Because I'm a representative of Jesus Christ. The hypocrite's going to find out that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. There's nothing like the love of God, the simplicity of God, the power that's found in God. I want to live for Him, love Him, represent Him, and be a part of Him. Sometimes God speaks on these fundamental levels. He speaks to people underneath their conscious thought. I, I actually believe that God bears witness in humanity and there are desires in humanity to embrace the simplicity found in God. Did you know that jealousy is an attribute God gave us? Jealousy is an, an attribute of God. And it's a way in which God bears witness of himself. God manifests himself the 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 oneness of god is borne out by certain things that are alive in our life i was talking to a young man one time and and he said i'm one of i'm i'm, I'm modern pastor and i'm not insecure 
Um, my wife, she, she, she goes to work, and, and we're mature in our lives. And, and oftentimes, she'll go out to lunch with other guys, and I go out to lunch with other girls. And, um, and we're mature enough to handle it, and, and we don't mind it. We're, we're modern. I said, oh, you're modern, and you're ignorant. call that stupid not sophisticated because because I am jealous in my in my relationship and that jealousy testifies to who God is God is jealous and he is jealous over his bride the jealousy that is inside of me testifies to who God is the jealousy that I feel for my wife and my wife feels towards me isn't a bad thing. It's a keeping thing. It's a sustaining thing. And it's a mirror image where God manifests himself in this world. Hallelujah. There is a concentration of love found in jealousy. It's a concentration. It's a climaxing of love that says not only do I love you, but I love you above everybody else. It says there is no one else. Hallelujah. God's not interested in sharing his people. And I am a mirror image of God. And the jealousy that comes natural to me is a testimony that God fills all things. There is only one husband and there is only one wife. And that is a divine reflection that there is only one God and that there is only one church. And God will testify to his oneness inside of your relationship. When a husband said, there is nobody else. There is none beside me. There is none before me. There is none after me. I am showing myself in you. And I'm putting things in you that testifies. Because all things are by him and for him. And he manifests himself in my life. So I look at my loved one and say, you don't go out with anybody. You stay with me. And I look at them and I say, I love you and nobody else. This is why I'm not going to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now, I've got scripture that says that I won't baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you that the heavens declare God's glory and the earth shows his handiwork. God reveals himself in ways other than scripture as well. There's no speech and there's no language where his voice is not heard. God shows him. I believe God shows himself to a postmodern generation in the same way that God will show himself in Africa to people that don't have Bibles. He'll show himself to children in South America that don't have Bibles because I really believe it's all about Jesus. I believe, the, I believe the earth shows his handiwork. I believe day unto day utter speech. I, I, was, I was preaching one time and, and, I, and I said, you know, Jesus is like bread. He's like bread, and I began to preach about the bread of life. And, and as I meditated on it later on, I realized I was a little off. Jesus isn't like bread. Bread is like Jesus. Because all things are by him, and all things are for him. 
It's a, it's a little Bible study that God gives to every man and every woman that comes into this world. You may not have a Bible to point to. And somebody, the Gideons may not have shown up yet with a Bible. You may not have a publishing house that puts a Bible inside of your hands, but God can still bear witness to his power and to his glory because he is before all things. Hallelujah. <laughs> the physical mirrors the spiritual. And so every time you take a bite of bread... There's a holy testimony that says, I am able to fill you. I am able to satisfy you. As a matter of fact, Jesus, when he goes in and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil tempted him with bread, Jesus, the one who wrote the word of God, the word in flesh, let the devil know I'm not going to turn these stones into bread because it's written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I realize that God fills me. God satisfies me. The hunger that drives me naturally is a mirror of the hunger that drives me spiritually. And I'm hungry for the things of God. I want to be filled by the things of God. The emptiness on the inside can only be filled by God. And God will teach a Bible study to people that don't even have a Bible. When, when he rained down bread in the wilderness, it wasn't just a matter of Jehovah Jireh raining bread down. He is Jehovah Jireh. He was providing for them and he was giving them bread. But that wasn't his only message that day. Because Jesus came along in the New Testament and he let them know that he was the bread of life. And he was the bread that came down from heaven that bread that came down wasn't just to fill their belly it was to testify of God that he would come down and he would fill the empty and he would satisfy the longing and he would pull his spirit into somebody and bless them and keep them and satisfy them in a wilderness land Jesus is the bread he manifested himself through that. <laughs> when he described himself as water, he's like that. Water testifies to Jesus Christ. It testifies that he is able to satisfy. You're able to drink deep. And we have a world that needs to drink deep of the things of God. He looked at the woman at the well and said, if you knew who I was, you would ask of me and I would give you living water. The which if you would drink it, you will never thirst again. There are people that, that are never satisfied. I'm here to tell you that making money will not satisfy you. I'm here to tell you that pornography is a well that you will drink from over and over but will never slake your thirst. It will never fill the emptiness on the inside. It, it, it is something that can never satisfy and never deliver. It promises satisfaction and it is a lie from hell. Hallelujah. But the living water, 
When you drink water, it's a testimony of what Jesus can do. If you've ever had a glass of water on a cold day or warm day, then you know what it's like to walk into an altar and get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As God said, I can satisfy you. I can stop your desires. I am the end of desire. I have what it takes. It is in my spirit. And if you'll take of me, if you'll drink of me, I will satisfy the longing that keeps you up at night and keeps you wandering and keeps you running and keeps you searching because I am living water and he reveals himself through that I I believe the oneness of God is revealed in man I believe that people whether they know it or not are looking for one I believe that every sports event testifies to man's desire for one God. I believe every boxer that holds their hands up and says, I am number one. Nobody ever says, I am among the top three. Nobody runs around with three fingers up. I'm number two. I'm number three. We are working together. Nobody does that. But everybody's looking to be number one. I believe that it's it's a divine echo of, of God inside of me that says, I want to see one. One is the is the concentration of all power, of all glory, and all honor. Barberships around, barbershops around the country are filled with men who will argue over who the greatest boxer is, over who the greatest singer was, over who the greatest ball team was. And they will fight for the glory and the supremacy that the one brings. But I don't have one from the 60s or the 70s or the 80s or the 90s. And I'm not competing with that. I'm competing with the one. I I am bringing the one that is able to save and able to deliver. What they're saying is, I want a king. I want one. I want one who is able. One who is strong. One who has all power. The devil will give you the counterfeit, but there is only one, and his name is Jesus Christ. Everything else is a camouflage. Everything else is a substitute. It's inside of the heart of man as he searches for one. He finds one. He holds on to one. But God reveals himself through that. Through the longing that there must be one. Hollywood plays off of it. Hollywood plays off of it. And Hollywood, movie after movie after movie will bring one. And in that production, that hero will have all power. He'll always say the right thing. Bullets don't hit him. He's usually muscular. He might be down and out and just about over, but he comes back to triumph at the end. He kicks open all the doors. He kills all the bad guys. 
and people inside of their hearts rejoice and they give glory to one. I'm telling you that it's misspent glory. I'm telling you that it's the world's church service to answer the desire in the heart of man for one. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that God bears witness in himself. What you really need is Jesus. What you really need is the one true living God. It's not Hollywood entertainment. It's the real thing. He really does have all power. He really, he really does have all glory. He really does win in the end. He really does kick open the door. He really does set the captive free. He really does raise people out. He really does set you where you need to be. There is one. Hallelujah. He testifies of himself. He speaks of himself. Hallelujah. It, 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 this, this is what it means for, for it to be by him and for him. He created it all and it is for his glory that all of this takes place. Hallelujah. There is only one God and we know it down in our spirit. This is why we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the name of Jesus Christ is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The only saving name that can wash away my sins, that can write my name in the Lamb's book of life, that can blot out my transgressions and take away the handwriting of ordinances that was against me. It is the only name. It's the name of God revealed to man. I was talking to a man one time, and he was a smart guy. And he said, I don't believe your Bible. And I don't believe that you need to be saved. I think it's just a gimmick that you Christians have used to deceive people over the years. And I began to talk to him about the hidden wisdom of God. How that God reveals himself. I said, you need, you need to repent of your sins, sir. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. And the Bible says that you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he looked at me and said, that doesn't mean anything to me. Just because your Bible says it doesn't make it so. And I'm not interested in reading your Bible. I think you all are a bunch of hypocrites. I said, well, thank God that my God is bigger than any writing. And God bears witness and he testifies. And everything in this world testifies to his glory. And I said that you're so smart and you're so intelligent that you've missed the hidden wisdom. Because creation tells you that you have to repent and you have to be buried and you have to rise again. Creation declares the glory of God. And you might reject the Bible, but you can't reject the God that made you and testifies to you on a daily basis. He said, what are you talking about? I said... Nature itself declares that God demands this of us. I, I don't repent of my sins and I'm not just baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost because my dad told me to do it. Because my grandpa told me to do it. 
And because a preacher of a church told me to do it. I'm not going to argue over the scriptures that say it because I do see it. But, but God bears witness in a lot of other ways. And creation declares his glory. Hallelujah. The plant world will testify that you have to do this. I said on your way to work this morning, God preached to you the death, the burial, and the resurrection. He said, what are you talking about? I said, in the plant world, it will testify that a seed has to die. And not only does it have to die, it has to be buried. And after it's done being buried, it will rise again in newness of life. Death, burial, and resurrection. I'm here to tell you that on your way to work as you sipped your latte and as you listened to your music, there was a million little green evangelists out there in that field that said you have to die and you have to be buried and you have to rise again. As the grass testified, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The trees wave their branches and say you got to die and you got to be buried and you gotta rise again because nature declares him the heavens declare him it is by him and it is for him stand with me tonight musicians can come hallelujah hallelujah the fact that we are baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost is a microcosm of a much bigger reality Every man and woman that repents of their sins and is baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost is showing in miniature form what's going to happen one day. <laughs> it's a testimony. Every, every time that you obey that gospel, you are testifying to your friends what it takes to be saved. It's a small example of what's going to happen one day because I'm not going to stay on this earth. But I am spiritually and physically enacting what's going to happen when I die. And I'm going to be buried. And when I'm buried, I'm not going to stay in the ground. But I'm going to rise again. There's going to be a trumpet that sounds. And I'm going to be raised from the dead. As God testifies and bears witness of his purpose and of his plan. Hallelujah. When I repent and I get baptized and I get filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm testifying that we're going to die and we're going to be buried and we're going to get out of here. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and this mortal shall put on immortality, and this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and then shall be brought to pass the saying, Death, where is thy victory? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Death, where is thy sting? Somebody needs to raise your hands right now and thank God for the witness. Thank God for the testimony. Hallelujah. Thank God for what he's done and what he's going to do. 
I want some young people to lift up your hands right now and say God fill me with this purpose I want you to be in me I want to recognize who you are and what I am and what I represent to this world that I live in I am apostolic I bear witness of my heavenly father hallelujah right now I feel the Holy Ghost I want you to lift your hands I want you to open up your mouth and I want you to praise God I want you to lift up your voice right now don't you be afraid of speaking in tongues don't you be afraid of being one God don't you be afraid of the fact that you're baptized in Jesus name don't be intimidated that you're part of the church we are representing God in this world hallelujah we are a part of his order a part of his creation somebody lift up your voice right now right where you're at I want you to lift up your voice I want you to call on the name of Jesus Christ I'm apostolic I know who he is I know what he's done I know what he's doing in my life I know what he's bringing to pass it's all by him it's all for him I'm here because of him this is who we are Somebody offer up that kind of praise. Offer up that apostolic praise. Somebody offer up that apostolic worship. Somebody forget about who's next to you. Forget about what's happening after service. Hallelujah. I need this to get down on the inside of my spirit. Hallelujah. I want that kind of preaching. I want that kind of church. I want that kind of a testimony in my heart. Step out of your seat. Somebody step out of your seat and come with your hands raised. It's going to take an apostolic church to reach a world as lost as ours. It's going to take a Jesus name church to stand up in a university and say, I'm one of his. I'm one of his. I'm filled with his spirit. He's inside of me. I'm in love with his purpose. I'm in love with his ways. He cut out of Hallelujah, that's it. That's it. Somebody lift up your voice. If you need healing, come with your hands raised. If you need deliverance, come with your hands raised. If you need a touch of the Holy Ghost, come with your hands raised. Don't you be afraid. There's somebody going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. If you need the Holy Ghost, come. Come and lift up your hands. Come and lift up your voice. If, you, if you're a young man and you need to be set free from some things that you've been wrestling with, come and lift up your hands. He cut out In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. Make room. Make room. Make room. Come on. Come on. Now, as they get ready to sing, I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to say, Jesus, I know who you are. And I want you to reveal to me who I am. I'm going to represent you. I'm going to fall more deeply in love with you than I ever have. I want you to begin to offer up that sanctified, Holy Ghost, blood-washed worship. The song of the redeemed. Hallelujah. Right now. Lift up your voice, lift up your hands, 
in the name of Jesus. Somebody rejoice with me. Somebody sing praises. I want you to get the devil underneath your feet. I want you to get the devil underneath your feet. In the name of Jesus. Somebody speak that name right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want somebody to get your shout. I want you to get your praise. I want you to get your thanksgiving. This is who we are. 